Hi, this is Sylvie Curry from Ramona, California, and I'm listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Happy to have you aboard here for the really big barbecue show. Boing. We cook because we have to, and we grill because we want to. Hit me! Fine, how's it going? You have a great show, I'm a big fan. Boing. So what 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 seems to be the problem here? This man looks like he's dead and he's in the in the crackle. Charbono. It's all about the Charbono, dude. Succulent fish. What? He ate two feet before we nerfed. Delicious, Liberty. Shit, I'm shaking like a dog. Shit, peach seeds. <laughs> we have top men working on it right now. Just like that, we are into the second hour. Welcome aboard. You found the Barbecue Central Show. Happy to have you here. Once again, we're recording while we're doing it live, so you can get this show in podcast fashion if you're missing live airings between 9 and 11 every Tuesday night. As I had mentioned before, first hour goes up tomorrow early in the morning, second hour on Thursday, and the best of coming up on Friday. Also, I mentioned at the top of the first hour, I am able to monitor the Facebook chat and show your questions. Like, here's Lene Oxley Loop saying, I want a barbecue Central Show t shirt. Join the club, Lene. Where were you when the first round of shirts came out? Did I say that? Uh-oh. I didn't sell shirts. That's shillful. I had a. Two quad XL shirts left over, but I think they are now packed. And the one medium I gave to one of my daughter's boyfriends, I think. Or maybe one of her friends took it. I forget. But I did have two quad XL. When I originally put in the order for these t-shirts when I went out to the NBBQA in Fort Worth a couple years ago, I wanted to make sure that I was armed with the sizes that traditional barbecue dudes fit into, which isn't the size that I fit into, which is like large or sometimes schmedium. I'm talking about extra large, uh, which is barbecue small, and then getting into double and triple. And I did get maybe 10 uh, quad <laughs> shirts. I did. They were going pretty quick, handing them out to those. You know, what's your size? Triple. Um, You know, what can I tell you? So I wanted to make sure I was accommodating everybody. Dennis Busso, I'm a barbecue quad shirt. Dennis got one of the barbecue quads. Dennis gets everything. He is a barbecue. Dennis is a barbecue Hall of Famer in every sense, actually. So he's one of the ones that got the quads. But that's all I had left. That nobody, after I left the show, was really wanting those. I said, hey, you want a shirt? I got I got Quad XL. Nope. You got anything smaller? Uh-oh. No. It's Quad XL or medium. Neither fit. All right. Still to come on the show tonight, Susie and Todd Bullock from Hey Grill Hey. Don't forget, you can follow me socially. At BBQ Central Show on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Snappy Snaps, slash BBQ Central Show on Facebook. 
which is where you can also find a live video feed on Tuesdays when the show is happening. Don't forget, coming up this Friday, the best moments of the Barbecue Central show in 10 minutes or less, episode 131, taking you back to July 2nd, 2013, and a visit from my guest last week, Ted Reader. Who doesn't love Ted? During this visit, back in 2013, we talked about 4th of July food, how to party right, because Ted knows how to partay. Many other items as well. If this is your first introduction to Ted last week and you liked it, make sure you get the best of show this Friday. If you didn't like Ted last week, then you really need to check out the best of this coming Friday because there must have been something wrong with you last week. Ted never disappoints. He's a beauty. As a guest and as someone who gives expert backyard cooking advice, few compare to Ted. My man cooked a 700-pound hamburger with bun. He did. World record. He owns a thing called Optimus Prime, which is a converted pumper fire truck. It's now a rolling party machine with kegs and grills and bar seating. Optimus Prime. Get it? It's, it's great. Have you seen that thing? Google Optimus Prime. It's kind of mind-bending. So make sure you're subscribed to the podcast. It's the only way you can get show replays here if you missed a live show. And it's really the only way you can get the best of show because that's really the only podcast that I'm doing right now. As I've said many times, this is a live show that then turns into a podcast after time runs out on Tuesday. Scott Rittenbaugh is saying something that I have long said, and I'm happy to put it up. The Quad XL can double as a nice grill cover. <laughs> yes. And I'm telling you right now, when I pulled out the Quad XL out of the box that it came in, the material was egregious. I felt bad for the person that had to put that together. I mean, that is a large amount of material, Quad XL. If you're doing quad XL, we need to talk. We got to get you on a treadmill. We got to get you on a better eating program. I'm not trying to shame anybody here, but I'm really concerned for your health. If you are quad XL and it's not registering in your head that you might have a potential health issue down the road, quad XL. I mean, hold the quad XL up to a large, like that should be the goal, unless you're just muscular or a professional athlete that's keeping in shape and you're you know, big like The Rock. I mean, The Rock isn't going to wear a large shirt. I mean, he's so muscular, it does look like he's wearing a large shirt and he's just trying to show off those guns. I mean, it's got a hot bod, there's no doubt about it. But in real life, the Quad XL is not something that you should be shooting for. So if you need some help with that, hit me up on the DMs or whatever. I'll, uh, I'll help you get right, help you get healthy, put you on some plans. Let's do this. So there you go. That's what's coming up on the best of show. Now, I don't know if you guys saw this or not. More than 115,000 people sign a petition to rename Columbus, Ohio, Flavortown. Flavortown? This is from comingdigestthis.news, that trusted online resource. Although I can confirm 
through local news reporting and, and real news reporting outlets like Channel 3, 5, and 8. That this is a true story. Two weeks ago, the mayor of Columbus, Ohio, Andrew Ginther, announced that the city would remove the statue dedicated to Christopher Columbus outside of City Hall. Soon afterward, a petition on change.org sought to change the official name of Columbus, Ohio to Flavortown. So far, more than 115,000 people have signed on, easily reaching the minimum 50,000 signatures required for the petition to be accepted for consideration at City Hall. Why Flavortown, you ask? Great question. Celebrity chef Guy Fietti is a Columbus native, and his fans call him the mayor of Flavortown. Plus, the city is a well-known test market for new food products. So why not rename the city Flavortown? The new name is twofold. For one, it honors Central Ohio's proud heritage as a culinary crossroads and one of the nation's largest test markets for the food industry. Secondly, Chef Lebrity, which is chef and you got it. Chef Lebrity Guy Fietti was born in Columbus. So naming the city in his honor of him, he's such a good dude, really, would be superior to its current nomenclature. Fietti himself has yet to publicly comment on the petition, which begs the question, why is Guy not reacting to the uh, to the petition asking to rename Columbus, Ohio, Flavortown? Why? Because he thinks it's stupid. Is there not eight or 50 better names that could come in place of Columbus before Flavortown? And it's two hours south of me, and I've been through Columbus any number of times for any number of reasons. Work, pleasure, sports, all of the above, none of the above, passing through, flying over by jet airplane, both commercial and private. I had no idea that Columbus was one of the largest test markets for food in or for uh, for the food industry. I thought that was like St. Louis and Atlanta. Somewhere in Canada. I didn't know that was Columbus. I had no idea. Likewise, I had no idea that Guy Fieri was born in Columbus, Ohio. Like, was he born and then immediately ushered the hell out of Columbus? Does anybody in Columbus even know that Guy Fieri was born in Columbus? I don't think Guy is looking to have Flavortown usurp Columbus for the state capital's name. Because then... The mayor of Flavortown would indeed not be Guy Fieri. Andrew, you are not the father. That's right. Guy, you are now not the mayor of Flavortown. Andrew Ginther is. Is there any way that's getting on to a vote? Brian Shank, how dare you? Are you kidding me? I can't say that. That's a bad take. Andrew Ginther will be the mayor of Flavortown. Susie Bullock and Todd Bullock are coming up. Let me tell you about Pits and Spits, as we had talked with Ryan in the beginning. Since 1983, Pits and Spits has been handcrafting smokers and grills in Houston, Texas. In that time, Pits and Spits has established itself as one of the premier brands in high-quality offset smokers. 
and more recently pellet grills. Pits and Spits sets itself apart by using heavy 7 and 10 gauge steel in every cooker, fully welded construction that you can feel when you use the unit, and a 304 stainless steel roll top lid and front shelf on every single smoker. So why does it matter? Well, by using higher quality materials, Pits and Spits smokers reach and maintain temperatures, allowing you to worry more about the meat than the heat. And providing fully welded smokers, you don't have to worry about grease and smoke leading out of the barrel and about that grill grate rattling apart as you move it through the backyard. And by using 304 Stainless, you're getting an heirloom quality product that you can pass down to your kids. Now, where some companies focus on being the low-cost provider, Pits and Spits focuses on craftsmanship and using quality materials. Are there cheaper ways to manufacture products? Sure! But they don't like tack welds at Pits and Spits. They don't use cheap stainless and electronics that you can't trust. Having in-house manufacturing gives them complete control of their design and standards. Not something you're finding with a lot of other people bringing it in from overseas. Their steel suppliers supply material that can be used in the harshest weather environments across the country and world. And their conditioners, their controllers, are made right here in the USA. So they're able to have unimpeded transparency to the program. Pits and Spits has a dealer network across the country, but if there isn't one close to you, feel free and give them a call at 844-650-6250. That's 844-650-6250. Whether you're a backyard grill master looking to cook steaks for the family or a competition team smoking 50 racks of ribs, Pits and Spits has a product for you. You can check it all out at pitsandspits.com or see their pits in the wild across social media with their handle at Pits and Spits. And again, if you're just tuning in now, we had Ryan Zabril from Pits and Spits on in the first hour of the 914. So you can get him in podcast tomorrow and check it out. Susie and Todd Bullock. Hey, Grill, hey. Coming up. Stick around. visits from a killer hog, a cooking guy, a man named Meathead, the author of Barbecue Bible, a grill girl, a bristly barbecue journalist, and the male feasance of the barbecue world known as the Embedded Correspondence. Only found right here on the Barbecue Central Show. All right, welcome back. This portion of the show being brought to you by Pit Barrel Cooker, the most unbelievable outdoor cooking device on the planet, currently available in two sizes with a host of accessories, whether you're a beginner, a professional, definitely a cooker you want to add to the arsenal. Visit pitbarrelcooker.com and make sure you tell them, folks, that the Barbecue Central Show has sent you their way. Scott Rittenbaugh, the Barbecue Hall of Fame, can now reside in Flavortown, Ohio. No, it can't. It can't. I won't let that happen. And by the way, I don't think the American Royal is going to let uh, the the Hall of Fame come to Columbus, Ohio, so it can reside in Flavortown. So ridiculous. My guest in the second hour was on the Food Network this past weekend, debuting the new show Grill Power. You saw her last year on the same channel while she competed in the Flay versus Simon Barbecue Master Show, where she made it all the way to the end alongside Leanne Whippin. Here to talk about the new show this past weekend, how it came about, are two folks that make up Hey Grill Hey. We welcome back Susie Bullock and first-timer to the show, Todd Bullock. Hey, guys. How are you? 
Hello. Hey, it's good to see you. All right. Well, uh, very excited to see you guys and chat with you both here. And Todd, you know, Susie, you had mentioned it, that you often give Todd uh, a shot at getting on these kind of interviews, but uh, he's not so much of a of an eager Nancy to do that. Why is that? Uh, I don't know. Why is that? I think he is kind of a supporting behind the scenes guy. He likes to always be the one that's doing the work quietly, <laughs> the dignified, quiet type. Uh, I started dragging him into our YouTube videos a little while ago, and he's been affectionately dubbed Taste Test Todd. So we're starting to expose him more and more to the to the spotlight. I think I'm just scared I'll say something stupid, so I just like to keep my mouth shut. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's fine. I, I, I spend two hours every Tuesday doing the same thing, thinking I'm going to say something stupid, only for 12 years. So, uh, Are you like working out of your comfort zone, or are you finding it more and more comfortable the more you get into it? Yeah, I would say definitely it's getting easier. Uh, I'm always fun and outgoing behind the scenes, but as soon as I get behind a microphone or a camera, I just like freeze. It's just not my forte. <laughs> Susie, is, is that something that you had to work at when you originally got into this too? No, I'm a great talker. Oh. So good at talking. <laughs> no problem. Well, I mean, good at talking, but feeling comfortable being interviewed or in front of a camera are certainly two different things. I know a lot of great talkers, but when I've had them here as guests and the light goes on, they become very different. They all of a sudden yeah. aren't great talkers, and they're nervous, and they stutter, and it becomes very weird for me. I get to pound them unmercifully after the fact, but there is a, a different uh, level of um, consternation that happens when you get into these kind of scenarios if you're not used to it. Yeah, don't don't ever have me on here alone. It'd be a bad bad show. <laughs> <laughs> So this past Saturday, we see Grill Power hit the Food Network screen. Exciting for sure. So, uh, Susie, let me ask you first, when does this opportunity first pop up? Oh, it's been a long time coming, actually. I think the first time that we started talking to Food Network about anything was almost three years ago. And we actually filmed another pilot episode that never aired. Um, and then Barbecue Brawl happened. And then Grill Power kind of came to be after Barbecue Brawl wrapped up. So this is, uh, so I guess one of my thoughts was you did so great on the Barbecue Brawl that they just needed to keep some kind of line into the Hay Grill Hay product. What's the best way to do that? Well, then we'll have, you know, Susie and Todd do the show and we'll call it Grill Power, whatever. Uh, but this is something that was uh, preceding the whole uh, Grillmaster type situation. Uh, I think Grill Power, the show that we saw on Saturday, was definitely a result of Barbecue Brawl. Yeah. Um, but we've worked with Food Network on a couple of other projects um, before Grill Power aired and before mm-hmm. Barbecue Brawl even happened. I mean, I judged on Ultimate Summer Cookoff. Um, I've been on Beat Bobby Flay at this point. I did Barbecue Brawl. I judged for another pilot of a show on Food Network. So it's been, there's been a lot of things in the works and I've kind of said yes to as many opportunities with the network as I could. And I think all of those things kind of steamrolled into what we were able to put out on Saturday. So here's one thing that I've learned as I interview folks that do these kind of shows for Food Network. For instance, I had DivaQ on last year. There was some kind of Food Network show that uh, was aired after the whole barbecue brawl deal. Yeah, she was on that. Yeah, and, yeah I judged that. That's right. That's right. Uh, forgive yeah. me. So uh, I asked her like when the next one was going to be, and she said, oh, well, this was like a, a one-off. So 
to me, that means we're going to put it out there and people are either going to like it or they're not. And whatever these benchmarks that Food Network has is going to dictate whether or not there's going to be the next one. So let me ask you this. When I hit record on my DVR for Grill Power, I didn't get the option that said record season. So am I to infer that this is also a one-off or a test show to see how it works? We are calling it a single episode special. (laughs) So what does that mean? Like in real life, I don't know what you're contractually allowed to talk about or not, but I mean, I would imagine everybody in the Hey Grill Hey space wants to see you every Saturday at 1030 going forward here. But I mean, how does that how does that actually work out? I mean, for us, that would be the dream, too. I mean, making those shows is one of my favorite things. Just the entire production aspect of it is so incredibly fun. The energy is so high, and it is a great way to spend a day working, to be honest with you. Um, And so I'd love to keep making more. I've already worked with the network on a lot of things, and I'd love to keep working with them. Um, But, yeah, it's. I mean, it's one of those things that I don't really get to say. (laughs) Like, hey, guess what? You're airing the show that I'm making now. Um, so yeah, we're kind of in a, see what happens. It's out of our hands. Let's just say that. (laughs) So when you're doing this, Todd, and putting this show together, how much control does the uh, company of Hey Grill Hay have versus what the Food Network would like you to do from a production standpoint? Um, I think it, it actually comes down more to the production company. So the network hires or, you know, selects ideas for shows from production companies like different pitches and then the production company does all the writing and editing and all of that so but it's definitely collaborative i mean the episode that we aired on saturday was actually within a week or two of my daughter's actual birthday was my actual family coming to celebrate and um when we were talking about what i wanted to make on the show i had my daughter in the room and i said hey what would you want to eat for your 11th birthday dinner and she picked the menu um, so it's definitely like there, there are elements that are going to be put together because anytime you're creating a production that's not live, you know, you're getting B-roll and you're getting different footage and you are telling a story, but we were telling a story of a real event with our real menu and our real family, um, based on the food that my daughter wanted to eat. So it was really, to us, it was very genuine. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure I'm not breaking news to you guys, but your 11 year old is kind of a meat snob and I love it. <laughs> She said, I want no, tomahawk steaks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's Her not the... Her favorite food is steak. Wow. Hands down. Hands down. She was so mad last night because we found some ribeye caps at Costco, and she was with her cousins, and my sister-in-law fed her dinner, and she came home, and she was like, you didn't tell me you were having steak. She was yeah. very disappointed. Yeah, I, 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 trust me, I get that, too. Um, you know, for some reason, I feel like my kids... Um, you know, I, I have some older ones. So I got like one that's going to be a sophomore in college. I got one that's going to be a senior in high school. One that's going to be a freshman in high school. So, you know, the palate's starting to, well, it sounds like your kids are starting to round out the palate at uh, quite a young age, which is great to see. But mine are really starting to round out. So I always get asked this weird question of like, uh, are we doing anything for dinner? And if I say no, then all of a sudden, magically, everybody's got plans and boom, they're out. Well, I got yeah. wise to that. So if we're really going to have something good, I just sandbag that stuff. But if somebody stays back... They get to enjoy the spoils of victory because they'll say, oh, too bad you left because we had this or that. And then, of course, we get heat from the other two that might have left. But, you know, it's mm-hmm. a fun game of like, uh, you know, challenging your kids, trying to figure out, can I guilt them into staying home longer as they get older? 
It's weird, right? It's just an incentive. You're yeah. incentivizing them. Yeah, I think right. I remember my parents doing that. That's funny. <laughs> so uh, from the show's standpoint, how long has this been in the can ready to hit an open spot on Food Network? Man, we filmed back in November, but it takes months of post-production editing, I think, to get something that's you know ready to air. From a raw standpoint, this is what I'm always most interested in. You have a production crew show up. Is this just like a 24-hour or a two-day event of just shooting and shooting and <laughs> shooting? Um, and like, how much raw footage do you have versus the 22 or 24 minutes of finished product that we see on the television? Uh, we filmed over the course of three days, but all of the cooking happened in one day. So the other two days were just, you know, B-roll of our town, the opening shots of our family around a fire. Um, those little things were, you know, shot on additional days, which is like normal. We wouldn't have our family dinner into dark and then go in daytime and have a campfire. Um, so those, those things were kind of paced out. Um, but all of the cooking, all of the recording, everything all happened in one day. It was almost like real time for when I would be like baking a cake earlier in the day and then, you know, the lead up to dinner. So that was pretty, pretty real time. Yeah. Susie and Todd Bullock joining me here on the show from Hey Grill Hey, talking about the show that aired this past Saturday on the Food Network. Todd, when it's coming together, if you can remove yourself and look at this from like normal human standpoint, does it does doing this feel normal or does it feel like you're doing a TV show? Uh, it doesn't feel normal. I spent a, I spent 99% of the time behind the scenes, all of the days they were all there. And I just took pictures all the time because I just couldn't even believe that this was happening. Like it's still, it, it felt super fake, but it was way fun and I can't believe it happened. And, and now that even that it's actually happened, I'm still just kind of in awe and uh, in disbelief that it happened. But I mean, it was incredible, and I loved every second of it. So. I would say I, didn't, I don't think it felt normal until we all sat around the table and we were eating as a family. Yeah. Like Because at that moment, we were all sitting there, the lights were above our heads, and it was just us. And we were talking, and we were having dinner, and it was the most normal thing in the world. And the cameras were out of our minds. We weren't even thinking about them. And we really were just sitting down and enjoying the food, and that level of, like, realness that's that's when it felt really real um because we film our own stuff all the time so like anytime you see stuff on youtube that's that's like work for us we get that i know how to cook in front of a camera that's just that's just part of our our business and what we do um but typically not with a full production crew (laughs) it's like maybe we have an extra guy holding a camera kind of a situation um so just the amount of people that were working on it was really um different i feel like it was just different it was uh, a higher level than what we're used to performing at. I actually got in trouble a couple times because I'm when we're filming at home, I'm so used to like doing everything behind the scenes that like I got yelled at and they're like, just go away. Like oh. you're the talent. And I'm like, no, I'm not. <laughs> like, what can I do? I'll move lights. What do you want me to do? They're like, just Give me go. A camera. They're like, just go sit down. <laughs> like you're good. <laughs> Susie, you've seen more and more television now or you've been a part of, of, of television. So how does this rate? from being a judge or being a competitor like you were on the, the barbecue brawl? Um, honestly, Grill Power was like my dream show. Um, so being able to share how we eat as a family and share our recipes with people, that's like one of my core values. That's like my love language is sharing food with people. And 
uh, what we say at Hey Grill Hey is our goal is to help you make better barbecues so you can feed the people you love and become a backyard barbecue hero. And I feel like we were really able to deliver on those elements in the show. Um, I heard comments from so many people that said, you know, I never would have bought a tomahawk at the store. I would have been incredibly intimidated by a cut of meat that was either that large or that expensive or that thick. Um, but just seeing how approachable it was in that format really made people feel more comfortable and more confident and more capable so that they could, you know, have that special meal with their family. So I, I would say making Grill Power World has definitely been my favorite thing of all the shows that I've done. Um, I don't know. Barbecue Brawl was amazing, but also very terrifying and very high stress and very like everything felt high stakes all the time. So I might have come home with like an ulcer or something just from stress of like, it was, it was insane. It was such an intense show. Um, and then the other shows that I've judged are awesome because a lot of the pressure is off of the judges and we just get to eat and enjoy the food and talk about the food. So they all kind of have their own little elements of fun and own little elements of excitement and awesomeness. But I would say for sure, uh, grill power was my favorite to make because it was just, it felt like it was us. It felt like it was a real true representation of, of who we are and what we do and what we believe in. All right. So I got a question coming in from a uh, Facebook watcher. Randy Elder wants to know if there was enough food to feed everyone or did the birthday girl eat a whole tomahawk steak by herself? Oh, boy. She tried. So the goal was that with the two, you know, three inch thick tomahawk steaks that we had between us with several kids in the mix, we could feed everybody with the two tomahawk steaks. That child legitimately took the whole steak and put it on her plate and went to town. The rest of us were left to divide one of the tomahawks. Luckily, we had a couple of backups from the filming process because when you're doing, you know, the magic of TV swaps. So we did have some extras that we could pass around. But she did slap but my hand a couple she times. Sat, she sat at that table. Everything was done. Filming was wrapped. We were like, great show. That was so fun. Good job, everybody. She's still sitting at the table alone. Wow. Fork and knifing her tomahawk steak. And I feel like she did at least a good 70% on that beast. Wow. And I... I was really proud. Yeah, that's a good appetite on that kid. Well done. <laughs> Happy birthday to her, no doubt. Yeah, right? <laughs> so you guys get a really prime spot behind the Pioneer Woman show on Saturday. Is that something that maybe Todd negotiates and says, hey, you want a piece of our family and the Hay Grill Hay landscape? We want to run up against the Pioneer Woman or, or follow Pioneer Woman? Or how does that work? Obviously, you've seen my great communication skills here. So, uh, no, that's. <laughs> He's a tough. He's I'm, a, tough. I'm a tough nut to crack, you know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, we don't have any say over that whatsoever. We uh, completely lucked out at, at the hands of the Food Network gods on that one. So, it was an awesome time slot, though. It was yep. super fun to follow Reed. So I think there is some consistency in feel to have you both fill that hour. So you have, you know, restart, uh, you guys are coming in next. You know, my personal view as a watcher of the channel is that your show feels real. It feels authentic. Um, And Pioneer Woman is obviously a hit. Uh, Lots of women are in love with the show. My mom, I think, might be the biggest Pioneer Woman fan of them all. Uh, Maybe... I don't, something just isn't like doesn't trip my trigger with her, and I don't know if it's like the demeanor or where she lives, or that her husband's name is Lad. Um, was Food Network hoping for a similarity in some form or fashion with following your show uh, or 
following your show with hers or uh, no, that's not right. Following her show, her with her going first and you (laughs) going second. We went after her. Holy moly, Todd! I'm not a very good wordsmith either, man. I'm going to get off camera. Um, Or or were they hoping for some kind of uh, change of pace uh, between your two shows? Um, I think you know any show. What we've learned is that any show or any piece of digital content does the best when it's true to the person who's in it. Um, you know, we did film an earlier pilot, and it it wasn't a pilot that I necessarily felt like I was my dream show. Um, that was one that never aired, and I think you know maybe that was one of the reasons for it. And so to be able to have a show that I'm really excited about and I'm really passionate about. Uh, I think that means more than, you know, necessarily what's going to fit exactly into the lineup. And that's why TV shows are constantly being tested, right? And networks are constantly testing new shows in different time slots is because, you know, they need to see what hits and when and with their audience. And maybe their audience is a little bit different than my audience on social media. And, you know, I have to trust that they know their audience best because that's that's their business. And I know my audience on social really, really well because that's my business. Um, but to be able to make a show that I feel really comfortable with and really confident making and really excited to share with people, I think that makes a huge difference. Um, and you know, we started with grilling, but my hope is really to make barbecue a little bit more mainstream and a little bit less intimidating. And, you know, we started off with a bang with those tomahawk ribeyes. No doubt. Um, but yeah, I hope, I hope to do, you know, some more smoking and grilling and barbecue stuff. As we as we move forward. So, over the last handful of days, has it been a lot of running into people on the street, giving you their tomahawk war stories, or trading red velvet secret recipes? No. <laughs> well, we've been, you know, it's we're still quarantining a little bit. You know, we're yeah, trying we're to stay home as much as much possible. anyway. <laughs> and when we do, you can only see this much of my face. Right. So, <laughs> so it's kind of like the skies. So, it might not be a bad thing, right? But um, no, the social media love pouring in has been insanely awesome. So yeah. so many positive feedback comments and so much support. It's been it's been awesome to read. Yeah, that's definitely where we've seen. I think the biggest amount of engagement has been on social media and people commenting that they watched. And you know, we did have a surprising number of people comment and say, "I was just watching the Pioneer Woman this morning, and then your show came on, and I was so excited to see something new that I stayed, and I'm a new fan." And maybe. Oh, wow. You know, they weren't somebody that had followed me before, were familiar with our brand before, but had an opportunity to be exposed to who we are and what we do and wanted to join us for our, you know, digital social media party. So we might not be bumping into people in person, but I feel like we're really um, able to communicate with a lot more people on social and, you know, share that fun. All right, so let's get down to brass tacks here. Any feedback from Food Network on it did great, uh, it tanked, we're ready to sign you up for a 15-year contract uh, every day of the week, like a Rachel Ray type deal. I mean, where are we at? I think it'll be a while till we hear anything. Um, you know, a lot of people DVR stuff, and it takes a little bit to get all the ratings, you know, compiled and data sorted through. And I have no idea what to expect. But to be honest with you, like, I'm, I'm good. Because we made the show that we wanted to make, and, um, you know, we're hopeful for more. But we had such a great time making it, and we really love the show that we put out. So... We're just happy with what we were able to do, and we'll see what happens. But Todd did uh, Google TV ratings over the weekend. Yeah, we haven't heard anything, but we mm. the ratings were good. Looks- ratings were good. We were in the <laughs> we were I think number thirteen for original cable shows on oh, Saturday. Wow. Right. Todd, don't lie. Like I know you want to. How many times did you watch it? 
Um, <laughs> no more than five. Oh, right. Look at this guy. Number one fan. That's great. Restraint. Isn't that cute? (laughs) Yes, of course. I'll be watching it all the time. I watched it twice myself, live when it happened, and then I actually went back to take notes so we could you know, prep for this interview. So I watched, you know, almost half as much as, as Todd did over here almost in Cleveland. Almost half so. as much as Todd. Yeah. I just fast forward to the parts I was in it. That's all. Yeah. Great. <laughs> nice. So, all right, can I uh, put you guys on hold just for one second and then we'll come back and have a story or I have a question about red velvet cake and then we'll, we'll talk about some other yeah. items as well. All right. Uh, we're talking okay. with Todd and Susie Bullock from Hay Grill Hay and we'll be right back with them. I'll talk to you quickly about the Barbecue Guru, makers of automatic pit temperature control devices. They're the guys that started it all way back when. You know, originally, when Fred Perkle started this company, he was roundly poo-pooed by all those people on the barbecue. How dare Now look at him. Creating a piece of technology that most people are down with now. Not only are they down with, especially have ceramic or bullet-style cookers, the kettle cookers. This is almost a a piece that is part and parcel when they go buy that new cooker to add to the arsenal. So if you're interested in learning more about automatic temperature control devices, head on over to their website, bbqguru.com. They have two new controllers that are just hitting the market, the DynaQ and the UltraQ. So depending on, A, how much money you want to spend, and B, what kind of technology you want to get into, you're going to want to figure out between the DynaQ and the Ultra. The Ultra way more technologically advanced. The DynaQ is the replacement of the PartyQ, which was the easiest point of entry into automatic pit temperature control devices. In any event, head on over and check them out. If you're looking for a ceramic cooker that already has a built-in power draft fan, the monolith grill is something you're going to want to take a hard look at. And if you have a controller already and you get the monolith, all you have to do is hook up the controller you have right to the fan that's already in the cooker and away you go. They also have the shotgun cooker if you want. Again, the website bbqguru.com or call them with any questions. 800-288-GURU. That's 800-288-GURU. The Barbecue Guru continues to be a breakthrough in barbecue technology. We're back with more Susie and Todd Bullock from Hey Grill Hey. Stick around. We'll be right back. Celebrating over 10 years of prolific and unparalleled live fire barbecue and grilling talk. And yes, it's still being done from Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. All right, welcome back. And this portion being brought to you by Smithfield. Throughout the grilling season, you can get recipes from pros like Chris Lilly, Darren Worth, Ernest Cervantes, and Chiles Cridlin. Mouth-watering flavor and no artificial ingredients. The hallmark to Smithfield fresh pork. Quite simply, some of the finest pork money can buy. Check them out at the website, smithfield.com. Hopefully you can find it more and more in the stores here, too. And we are rejoined by Susie and Todd Bullock from Hey Grill Hey. Thanks for hanging with me through the break there. So You betcha. Let me ask uh, this red velvet cake. I mean, I guess... First questions first, uh, and I love to, uh, what I say, show my ass here on the show when I completely reveal my lack of breadth of food knowledge and landscape. I've never had red velvet cake in my life. 
I don't even know if I really knew anything about Red Velvet Cake. And then here's the two of you who have like deep shrouded family secret <laughs> Red Velvet Cake recipes. So uh, like what what's the deal with Red Velvet Cake? Uh, I think we both have kind of like different origin stories. My dad got his Red Velvet Cake recipe from apparently some guy that used to teach on local TV back in the 80s, 70s and 80s. <laughs> And, you know, kind of adapted it over the years to what he liked and, you know, put his own unique spin on things. And then I took it even a step further and kind of adapted it a little bit further. And um, Todd's grandma also had a red velvet cake yeah, recipe. Yeah, so we got together. We, I lived in a small town. My family lived in the same area. So my grandma would have everyone over and we'd do family dinners once a month for all the birthdays in that month and my mom's was in february and it was valentine's day so red velvet cake was my mom's favorite so like that was just kind of our february family tradition so i and I, I loved it i'd eat myself sick on red velvet cake but i don't think i don't think it's the true red velvet cake doesn't have food coloring i think there's supposed to be some natural occurring something or others yeah. now that turns the chocolatey <laughs> kind of red no, sorry, all- Todd. You're wrong. Oh, no, no. Come back. Come on. Oh, okay. It's always had food coloring. In okay. It. Um, but it's not like a red or a cherry flavored cake. It's a buttermilk cake with cocoa powder in it. Um, ah. So it's a really nice soft crumb. And it's the velvet's referring to kind of like the texture of the cake because it doesn't have big airy pockets in it. It's kind of a more dense soft and the frosting is very and the frosting is very smooth too and recently um cream cheese frosting has kind of became the frosting for red velvet cakes the typical frosting that goes on to it um but both of us growing up had the same type of frosting it's called an ermine frosting and it's flour and milk and sugar that are cooked together to create kind of this paste and then that's whipped into butter that makes it really Mm. fluffy and silky and smooth so it's it's interesting that I mean, I mean, I don't think I knew any other families growing up that had red velvet cake all the time, and I don't think Todd did either, but when we got together, both of us having that in our family history kind of solidified the red velvet cake as our wow. uh, cake of choice for family celebrations, because we both had such fond memories of growing up with it and a lot of nostalgia. Is there a yearly red velvet cake cook-off that takes place within the Bullock <laughs> household to see like who the reigning champion will be for that year? Uh, no, we haven't done it yearly. We should start that. So typically that Todd is baker in our family. Mm. So I think he baked a couple red velvet cakes and I baked a couple red velvet cakes and he but I liked baked mine his grandma's and he liked his better. And I baked my dad's and I liked my dad's better. Of course. Uh, so since I was the one baking the cake on the show, it was my dad's. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, that only makes sense. It's fair, right? Well, I got to try red velvet cake. I mean, I'm not a big like sweet guy anyway i mean you know in many different respects i'm not a big sweet guy but uh, especially eating sweets i'm not a huge sweet guy i mean is it sweet sweet or like what are we talking about i mean it's a cake uh, yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's not like when i eat cream cheese frosting it makes me like pucker up like sweet you know and yeah it, it's definitely a it's, lighter frosting yeah it's it's, it's heavy because it's like butter but it's not i don't think it's overly sweet it's a really good yeah. chocolatey flavor not an oversweet frosting. I think it's pretty good. It's good. It's good balance. All right, so let me back out of the minutia here just for a second, and I want to ask a question from a different angle here. So 
you know, easily you guys are one of the biggest live fire personality website, the uh, whole landscape out there. You have the social media, the fan base, the products, sponsorships. It continues to grow. So is doing a TV show something that is cool for you to do? Because I could make an argument that you certainly don't need to do a TV show, that you could continue to focus on the niche that you've built into a wildly successful business on many different facets and not even need to mess with TV at all. Yeah. I think, let me, I'll take this one first. Like I've, so we watched the Food Network when we were dating. Like when we first started dating, none of us had, neither of us had cable growing up. We just had our local like five channels or whatever. So when she got an apartment in college and we started dating, they had cable at the apartment and had the Food Network and we just started watching it and we found that we both enjoyed it. So our, our history dates back to when we were dating with really loving the Food Network and when she first started doing local TV spots, she just shined in front of the camera and she loved doing it. I could see it. I could feel it. Everyone could feel it. And she just said, I, I love this. I want to do this. I'm going to have my own Food Network show someday. You know, she, those words were said. And so as, thing, as time went on and our business was getting successful, I was of the opinion that we were having calls with production companies and we're going to get this show and it's going to make our business huge and it's going to be incredible. Um, but then that never like the, the one pilot didn't air and then it was three, four years and it was never really happening. And our, but our business was just like growing right. like crazy. Right. So I started to see that our business didn't need the show. And so when the opportunity came around for her and they called and said, what show do you want to make? And she pitched her dream show and they picked it up. Like at that point, it became a passion project. It was less about anything else other than just I want to do this to like inspire people and to help people literally like feel comfortable and learn to cook better food around the fire. So that's yeah. a, that's my view on it. It definitely, um, especially this, you know, Grill Power show became something that I wanted to do <laughs> and that I was excited to do. And, you know, after doing a couple shows with the Food Network and, um, you know, filming all of our own stuff, nothing quite matches the energy that I get on production days. Um, there's just something about, you know, a bunch of people in a room working really hard to make something great. And everybody kind of feels that same energy. And it's it's addictive, man. I, I love I love making those shows. So um, that's why I keep saying yes to stuff because <laughs> you're right. Like our business is awesome and we are so lucky and blessed to have so many people that support us and, and cheer us on, whether it's through joining the membership platform, the grill squad and learning about barbecue online, whether it's through purchasing our products at patio provisions or just through checking out the recipes on HeyGrillHey.com. Like we have a lot of support and our business has a lot of facets and we work really hard um, to continue to grow our presence online. So yeah, Food Network for us is definitely just something that I want to do because I love it. When they come to you, are you, I don't know how this works because I would imagine if if you're a certain status, like if they come to Michael Simon or Bobby Flay and they want to do, I'm sure they're under contract too, but I'm sure there's some kind of a negotiation that happens. Do you guys talk about like compensation here for the show or is it compensation that you're going to be on the TV and the name gets out there, the brand gets exposed, or you get introduced to other people that might not have seen you like you had mentioned? How does that work? I mean, even so, I even applied to be on a 
another competition show. Um, and there are definitely talent fees, regardless of, you know, who you are, there's talent fees because anytime you're leaving your home or your family or you're working, like you are working and, you know, you talk a lot about sponsorships. There are a lot of brands that do love to just pay, you know, exposure to their audience, or they love to send you a bag of, you know, seasoning or charcoal or whatever is compensation for your time and sharing on your social channel. But um, what we've kind of experienced in TV is that work gets compensated. And, you know, I, I can't speak for everybody. And I don't know if that's the case for everybody all the time. But for me, whether it's for a sponsorship or whether it's for a TV show or whatever the case may be, you know, we do like to work on good faith for people. But if I'm going to be leaving my family, if I'm going to be taking time away from, you know, the brand that we've built and the business that we've built and our fans and our followers, then there's going to be compensation because it's our job. This is our business. Susie and Todd Bullock joining me here on the show. HeyGrillHey.com, the website, of course, and all over social media. Uh, Todd, let me ask you a question because, uh, you know, this is your first time on the show and we kind of did a little dance with Susie the last time about how this whole thing got started and, you know, transitioning from uh, doing recipe development for a pellet cooker company and you were working as a CPA and eventually uh, everybody folds into this Hey Grill Hey company and, and now it's many That's different. That's an incredible memory, man. Good job. Yeah, well, it's my job to to be professional, okay. so I'll, I'll try and maintain that as much as possible. I'll, I'll slip up at some point, I swear to God. So you... How was it like for you? I mean, I got Susie's take on it the first time she was on, but what's it like for you to see your wife having the success? And I get a little backstory here more than I had the first time, the fact that you guys were watching Food Network TV as you were starting to date. And so obviously there's a, a kindred spirit of food, love of food and production and all this other stuff. And she verbalizes to you that she wants to make this happen at some point. So great to have goals, but maybe it's like, yeah, well, I mean, doesn't everybody want to be on Food Network for sure? Yeah, so right? <laughs> as you see this starting to really take shape and um, you're a CPA, I imagine you're probably pretty successful. And the conversations of what's it going to take to pull you out of that and come into this full time where now we're both in Hey Grill Hey, uh, what did that feel like for you as you see it becoming a reality um i gotta admit at first when she brought it up as a possibility um i was i was supportive but doubtful is that a good way to put it <laughs> he had his cpa hat on so he was seeing more than like Susie's hopes sure. and dreams he was seeing the dollars and cents yeah, of supporting you got a mortgage family. you got a family you got real life yeah. shit yeah so um but she expressed it as a like whatever you believe in, but she put it out there in the universe and said, I want this to happen. I'm going to do whatever it takes to make it happen. Um, she saw that I wasn't really happy in my job because I kind of got, what's the word pigeonhole yeah. into what I was doing because I switched degrees from marketing to accounting when I was in college. And I just got out into the accounting world and it was great. I got my CPA license, which was a huge thing for me because I thought I was stupid but apparently I wasn't. <laughs> um, and it was it was rewarding to do something that was, you know, regarded as difficult, you know, in society. Like sure. being an accountant and having being a CPA is deemed as pretty difficult. So that felt good to just kind of do those things. But I just wasn't happy. Like it was there was I just felt like I was going nowhere. And then she. Um, He's secretly very creative. And, you know, accounting is just pretty structured. 
So it just wasn't a great fit. So I wanted to save him, I think, a little bit. So she, I started working with her um, when she said, she said she wanted to start filming videos. So I learned everything there was to learn about um, Adobe Premiere Pro and editing videos. And I just jumped in and, and helped out. And as I, as I got more involved, I started to see kind of the more structure of it all and how it could work out. And then as our videos started getting some Facebook traction and our website traffic picked up, we started seeing the dollar signs tick up. And I ran some projections and in January of one year, I think it was 2017, she said, you're gonna quit your job this year. And it was by June that I had, I talked to my boss and who was the CFO of the company and I said, hey, I think I'm going to do this. And so we decided on like a six month transition period so I could train my replacement. Um, but yeah, I just like I just did it one day without even telling her. I just told my CFO at lunch that I'm like, I, I think I'm going to do it. And he's like, do it. Burn the ships. He said, burn the ships like some some old explorer. Like he's like not that he wanted to get rid of me, but yeah. that he was trying to like he could see what was happening and he was, he was trying to be like helpful. Um, but yeah, so I called her after that lunch appointment. I'm like, I think I just quit my job. (laughs) She thought I meant like two weeks. (laughs) I was very nervous. Effective immediately. Effective right now. But no, he did. He ended up quitting his job in December of 2017. So yeah. And in that time frame, like she was making really good money and we had dual income. So we saved up a bunch of money so that we could survive and jump in and do it. And, and we needed it because by April he was looking for jobs while I was out of town. Yeah. <laughs> he yeah. did. I mean, that's di- so it's got to be difficult, right? I mean, it, it is a completely non traditional business uh, relationship that you guys have. I yeah. mean, you, you go from having a traditional jo- one of you having a traditional job and one of you being really good at this niche, and all of a sudden it blossoms into something that generates a real ass full-time income so much so that it can perhaps support the both of you. So now somebody, and it sounds like you were maybe in a bad spot, Tato wasn't like, you know, terrible for you to leave, but it, I mean, you still have to suck it up a little bit and go, Oh my God, we're really going to roll the dice here and jump in together. I think it probably helps that you're a numbers guy and you're probably doing a lot of financial assessments and uh, yeah. kind of realizing where your risk is really at and, and, where you might be able to, to recoup in certain places, but man, to, to have you guys just do it. And you know, a, a year plus later, it's still, you know, on the upward trend here is, uh, is quite remarkable. And Susie did say that she really enjoys working with you. And that's the other <laughs> unique thing with this whole, uh, you have a unique partnership in that you are partners in life. You have kids, yeah. you have family and home and, and regular life stuff. And then, you know, then you turn right around. Oh, here's your business partner. I mean, we're working together like all the time. So th- there must be a, a true love and, and like of each other to want to be around each other this much. Absolutely. It's it's funny because where we're sitting right now is kind of like where I've deemed my office where I come in and, you know, I just before this thing, I had a pile of receipts that I had to move out of the way because it was in the way that I haven't filed away. But we'll just be sitting here and we just kind of flawlessly transition between business and family discussions. Like it's kind of, and we've involved the kids in a lot of stuff, um, not to the point where we're like making them work or anything, just here or there, just kind of fun little things like moving boxes of barbecue sauce into the truck or whatever. But um, I, I don't know. It's just, it's, it was a really, it was, it was a little difficult at first, but really it was a flawless transition because we just have such, we really do have like an incredible relationship. Yeah. And, 
So we work really well together and we've gotten to the point where she's running the blog. Um, I'm running the, like she's running the website and I'm running the product company and there's a lot of crossover that we're working on together and it just works out. I mean, it's, it's awesome. And I love it. Yeah. Do the kids realize how big of a deal mom is? <laughs> they don't care. Dude, our six year old, we were watching the premiere and he comes barreling up the stairs Hey, I want to go play outside. We're I'm like, bored. dude, there's like... <laughs> You're on TV. You're on TV. And he's like, yeah, but I'm bored. Like, he just doesn't... So, no. I, You know, our kids, it's kind of funny. I think we've hit the point where they just don't really remember anything different. Um, you know, our youngest was four when Todd quit his job. Our oldest was nine. So, they have some recollection of him, like, leaving to go to work and then coming home around dinner time. But... I think a majority of their recollection will just be us home together and this being our business. So I don't think they, I think they care in their own little ways. Like, Oh, I was on food network. I'm cool. But like, they don't think we're cool and they don't care about us at all. And it's great because I think Todd and I kind of operate the same way. Like we don't think of ourselves as a big deal. And you say that we're like, you know, big names in barbecue, but I asked Todd after the premiere, are. like, are we supposed to think different about ourselves now? And he was like, please no. Like, we just, we operate the same way that we've always operated and we answer DMs when they come in and, you know, if you send me an email, I'll write you back. Um, we really, like, we really operate the same way that we always have and our relationship has managed to stay really great and our relationship with our kids is awesome and, you know, we have a lot of extended family we love and so, I don't know. Not much has changed for us and I don't think it has for our kids either. Yeah, I think that shows in uh, both how you're coming off on television and, and when you're doing interviews and uh, how you do your production stuff. I mean, it's very down-to-earth, very approachable, and uh, relatable, which I think is very important, probably why you have the success that you're having right now. Fourth of July is coming up this weekend. Last question before I let you go, and I appreciate the super amount of time that you spent here this evening. What's on the <laughs> menu at the Bullock household Fourth of July? Oh, my gosh. So we tend to go pretty traditional burgers and hot dogs. Uh, for the past couple of years, we've done like a pancake breakfast on the flat top, and then you know, play outside in the water all day. And then in the evening, we keep it pretty simple with burgers and hot dogs. I just put out um, a post on my site, actually, with all the burgers we have on our site. And there are some really, really good ones on there if you want some burger inspiration. I'm smoking a brisket. She's going to cook burgers. I'm going to smoke a brisket. That's a real man right there, Susie. Smoking a brisket. Love it. I Uh, tried everything he knows. Of course you did. Absolutely. (laughs) Todd and Susie Bullock joining me here on the show. HeyGrillHey.com, the website. Find them on social media as well. Guys, really appreciate all the time this evening. Great stories and great insight onto the TV show, which I certainly appreciate. Continued success, and we'll do it again soon. Hey, thanks, Greg. Thanks, Greg. You got it. There they are. The dynamic duo of barbecue and grilling. Todd and Susie Bullock from Hey, Grill, Hey. Man, they have a great following. I got to make sure that I stop this. Otherwise, we're going to be in trouble. I did see this pop up while we were talking about red velvet cake. This is a good idea, by the way, from Scott. Red velvet cake throwdown with Bobby Flay. Let's go. Susie, mark it down. Call your friends at Food Network and make sure that they put together a red velvet cake throwdown. I guess I got to try red velvet cake all of a sudden. Who knew? I had no idea. All right, thanks again to Susie and Todd from Hey Grill Hey, heygrillhay.com. 
Also, they do have a paying membership uh, called the Grill Squad. I don't know if that's open for enrollment. I meant to ask that. But we got caught up in a bunch of great conversation. So uh, just go to their website, see if the Grill Squad's open. If that's something that you're into, you get access to a whole bunch of secret stuff that non-paying members don't get to see. Benefit there. I'll talk to you quickly about Green Mountain Grills before we wrap it up here this evening. Some of the best pellet cookers out there on the market today. You have two lines to choose from, a choice line and a prime line. Choice, if you're looking to save a couple bucks or maybe you're somebody that's not into all the bells and whistles of technology and Wi-Fi and internal meat probes, choice line is the one for you. Coming in the Jim Bowie and the Daniel Boone sizes or... If you want a little bit extra tech, you want a little bit more of a robust build, you want peeking windows on the cooking chamber and on the pellet hopper, the prime line is something you don't want to take a look at. Same sizes, Jim Bowie and Daniel Boone, either line accommodating the high heat pizza oven, which I used three times this past weekend because I love it. I'm telling you right now. I mean, I tell you every week, but I am once again telling you right now. If you get a Green Mountain Grill choice line or prime line Daniel Boone or Jim Bowie and you don't get the pizza oven insert pizza oven insert if I see you on the street I will fight you I'm telling you it's going to be your biggest mistake it's a great cooker great low and slow smoker I've never been a big fan of grilling on any pellet grill but my boss uh, who has a Green Mountain Grill Daniel Boone says that he cooks steaks and burgers on his and he loves them but that pizza oven will change your life. Get some Urban Slicer pizza from Matt Frampton that we had on last week. Get on the Green Mountain Grill pizza party. GreenMountainGrill.com is the place to go. They also have sauces and rubs and pellets. Find a dealer near you. They sell through dealers. They will educate you and make sure that you are ready to go for your first cook. And we're back to wrap up the show right after this. Stick around. Whole packers, full racks, legs and thighs, injecting butts. If you've never heard this before, you might think you found the best triple X show ever. Let's get back to the most homoerotic host out there today, Craig Rimpy. Hey, this portion of the show being brought to you by The Smoke Sheet, a free weekly newsletter that keeps you in the know on everything happening in the barbecue world, including top news, events, recipes, and more. Ryan Cooper, Sean Ludwig, your curators of great barbecue information. Sign up for it at barbecuenewsletter.com. That's bbqnewsletter.com, a great all-in-one resource covering the live fire industry. Thanks again to Susie and Todd Bullock for joining me the past two segments or in the second hour. We can say it that way. If you are just tuning in and you missed it all, shame on where have you been? It's Tuesday at 10 o'clock at night. What are you doing? Of course you should have been here listening to some of the biggest stars out there in the live fire industry right now. You can get in a podcast on Thursday or the video feed will be up on Facebook as soon as I hit stop. So just troll to the second hour and you can catch that replay in its entirety. First hour will be released tomorrow, second hour Thursday, best of on Friday Big show planned for you next Tuesday. We will be into the first week of July. By the way, not only will it be the first 
show in July. It will be the last show in the Barbecue Central Show studios here in Wycliffe, Ohio. As we get ready to make the move due east and to a whole new studio. Who knows what that's going to look like. Also, programming note, July 13th, July 14th, there will be no show. I will literally be moving into the new house on the 14th. I'm not going to have anything set up. So there will be no show on the 14th. Uh, Regular guests have been alerted, but we will be back hopefully better than ever on the 21st. Just some programming notes for you. Big show next Tuesday. We do have a show next Tuesday. Just want to reiterate that. We will do it live next Tuesday. We'll do it live. September 11th, 2001. I will never forget. Until next Tuesday at 9 p.m., this is your program host and proud U.S. American, Greg Reppy. Good night now.